Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Tony. It's my math education podcast. I'm talking about teaching math class. I'm a math teacher. I'm teaching algebra one this year, and I'm excited. I uh, I got this um, book. I'll have a link in the description. Building Thinking Classrooms in Mathematics by Peter Lidgedahl. I think Lidgedahl but I, I think you pronounce his last name a little bit different. But anyway, I've been, uh, ah, I, I'm super excited about this, uh, this upcoming school year and teaching a different way. This is my 23rd year teaching math. And um, it's um, been pretty much seventh grade pre-algebra. And this year I've been presented the opportunity of teaching algebra, which is... Uh, you know, I, I mean, I know the content. I've known it forever. Um, but the responsibility that it is, you know, it's this gateway. To me, it's the gateway to calculus and everything in between and everything after that. And it, it's so foundational that it's a little intimidating, but exciting at the same time that I get to be the one to talk about functions and quadratics and... Um, the intersection of them and what they mean and oh, how are they displayed and factoring uh, just it's wonderful oh Pythagorean theorem as well the most underrated um topic I think ever I mean goodness gracious it goes into the, the unit circle and calculus and um it's just used over and over and to have a wonderful understanding of that but anyway uh, this back to this building thinking classrooms uh, in mathematics. Um, you know, th there's just this annoying um, thing about math, you know, on, on one respect. Why do so many people struggle with math? Why does math lag be behind uh, English in testing and I don't know, just that whole thing about why is math so different in school and everybody hates it or so many students hate it and so on. And um, I've just been on this quest for so long, trying and reading and just, I don't know, feeling excited at times and then just it falling flat for years and years. I've always wanted to be innovative with my teaching and... I think that this is it. I think I'm ready. This year, uh, this book clearly outlines 14 practices for uh, creating thinking classrooms. And at first I thought, thinking classrooms, who cares? But then after learning the philosophies behind this, I get it. And I can deeply relate to uh, this style. And the idea is that not, and you know, it's mostly task-based teaching. You're teaching through tasks. Uh, instead of that usual, you come in, you do a warm-up, maybe you go over the homework, and then you have new notes, and then there's another homework assignment, and rinse and repeat until the unit test, and so on. Uh, that whole model started with the industrial age, and we've had it. We've had it for more than 100 years. That model hasn't changed. I'm thinking, my God, we've come up with so many things since then, and we're still doing it. And I've been wanting to break free of that for years. I've wanted to break free of it, and I've ha I've done it with varying 
degrees of success, but I was really just kind of poking around in the dark. Not, I, I had an idea of where I wanted to go, but I wasn't really sure how to get there. And this book shows you how to get there. I think that I, I'm particularly excited because because I've tried things in the past and have had very, very, I haven't had a consistent degree of success. It's been great and then it fell flat and then it, I don't know, it was a, you know, it was this roller coaster and I'm just trying to maintain some kind of consistency in this experience because uh, the, the, at least the goal is, it's not that you create interesting tasks for the students, it's that you create engaged students. So it doesn't matter what the task is, they are engaged. They are thinking, they are problem solving, they are doing all these things that we value as teachers, they are doing. And there are 14 practices in this book that get you there. And the author says there's 14 ways to do it right, and there's 100 ways to do it wrong. <laughs> and I've done some of those things that are wrong. I don't know, I've just had, I've had, um, so many things like one thing is they talk about um, having vertical non-permanent surfaces to write on. Well, those are whiteboards and uh, they're mounted to the walls. And I have had that. I've had that for at least 10 years. I've had them and we've used them in my classroom, but I didn't do it with the structure that they talked about in here. And I see why I had some success and it was exciting at times, but then it fell flat. That's because I wasn't doing all these things in the book. I get it. But let me um, let me take a step back. Let me uh, give you, the listener, uh, a little bit of background um, of myself, my personal journey in math. And I'm going to try to keep this uh, short and to the point because I could easily make this an hour, but I'm going to try not to. And the reason why I'm saying this is because this relates to thinking classrooms and why I believe this is the key to changing math education. So anyway, I, I was a struggling math student all through uh, uh, junior high, high school. I enjoyed it, whatever. I decided to study math in college for some weird reason. And um, I, I came across um, uh, one of my later classes, Foundations of Geometry. And um, uh, Dr. Whitman uh, was the teacher and he had, uh, he wrote the textbook. It was just a really skinny textbook and I, and, uh, it was handwritten. He changed it up every semester and, uh, except for this last part, these typical geometry problems, he recycled those problems at the end. I don't know. There was like 20 pages of math problems, whatever, but the bulk of his text was handwritten theorems that you had to prove. At first, it started with axioms, which were the basic um, statements. And then the theorems, to prove each theorem, you had to use the any combination of the axioms and previous theorems that were already proved. And you just kind of go through the whole thing. Well, the the, the book was, the text was, I, I can barely call it a book. The text was tiny. But each theorem, oh my God, could take you easily an hour i mean it, it would it could take you 10 minutes it could take you an hour to solve one of these theorems and um and it would be maybe a half page to over a page long and all these weird statements and um I, and i remember he would 
um, his style was he wanted to be kind of edgy. He wanted to, he embraced the struggle, I should say. And each class, we would start with a theorem and he would just kind of stand there. Didn't say anything for a long time. And we weren't really sure where to go with it either. And I thought at first this guy was foolish. Um, where's the teaching going on? And then, and after a, a long period of silence, he would then say, oh, I know this and I could do this and I could do this. And things would start to unfold. And then maybe he would come to a stopping point or maybe he had to erase a line. He said, no, 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 I can't keep going with this line of thought. And then he would go and he'd take it from a previous step and then go in a different direction. And then he would just, what I realized is he, we were, he was teaching us how to struggle with it, how to wrestle with it and how to unstick yourself, how to use what you know. So he was just kind of blurting out what was going on in his brain. And, um, and so his, his class, he had homework assignments. They were worth a little bit and he had two midterms and a final. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to really go for this. So the first midterm came and, oh my God, there were 25 theorems. Many of the theorems had several parts, part theorem five, part A, part B, part C, part D, whatever. So there was way more than 25 theorems. And like I said, they could go, go from anywhere from a half page over a page long or whatever. And he said, I'm going to pick five theorems from this list of 25 plus with all the parts. I'm not going to tell you what five I'm going to pick. I'm not even going to change it, but that's your midterm. And I said, I asked, well, how do you get ready for a test like this? I said, well, if you know how to do every theorem, then it's no problem. So then I went home and I spent well over a week. I easily spent 20, 25 hours just trying to memorize all the theorems. And it was so overwhelming. I got to the test and I was spent and I got to be on it. And I was mad. I was mad that I got to be on this test. I spent so much time. I mean, not only do I attend every lecture and do every homework, but on top of all that, I spent a good 20 hours studying for this test. And I, all I could do is get a B. So I went into Dr. Whitman and I asked, Hey, how do you get an A on a test like this? And he said, well, his suggestion was do the theorem, practice it until you don't have to look at the solution. You can just do it. And the next day, before you do that one, do the previous one and then do the current one. And then it'll just kind of uh, uh, um, it'll, um, accumulate, uh, accumulate. So, you know, when you're, when you're doing theorem 10, you're doing one through nine and then 10. I tried it. Uh, I would do theorem, you know, at this point it's 26. I would do it. And then 27. Before I did 27, the next day I did 26 over and over, and, and then I did 27. And that was okay until I had like three or four theorems to do, uh, to do the next one. And uh, I kind of broke down. And I thought, oh my God, I cannot memorize all this stuff. This is crazy. And, but I just kept pushing on. And there's that wall right there. And then I kept pushing on after that. And uh, just still trying to do the whole thing, still trying to memorize everything. But somewhere along the line, somewhere when I was hopping over that wall, my brain started making connections. I stopped memorizing and I started 
learning. It was the first time I had really learned in my life. I, I saw how one statement connected to the other. I saw how one theorem connected to a different theorem. I saw everything. And it became so engaging and so exciting. I started eating up all by the time I got to the last theorems for the second midterm, I was eating them up. I was spitting them out. It was quick work for me. I was able to get to new problems and master them. I, in fact, before the second midterm, I walked into this tutor room. I went to San Diego State, and there was this room where it had a whole, all, all the walls were chalkboards. There were no such thing as whiteboards back then. And they're all chalkboards. And I filled up every board with all the statements of the theorems and all the proofs of the theorems for the second midterm. I knew all of them. I didn't memorize them. I learned them. I mastered them. Uh, I walked into that second midterm. I didn't walk in exhausted. I was calm for the first time. I was actually calm before a test. And I went in and I got an A plus on that thing. I nailed that so hard that Dr. Whitman said, I didn't even have to take the final. I get an A plus in the class. It's over. And he wrote me a letter of recommendation. I mean, it was a shining moment for me. And oh, but I, 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 I forgot to mention the critical part to this. The critical part is there was those geometry questions at the end of the, um, the text. He picked, he told us he was going to pick one question from that set and put it on the, uh, on the second midterm. But he wasn't, again, he wasn't going to tell us which one. And there were a lot of them. I'm guessing there were like a hundred of them, something like that. And we were supposed to be working on them the whole time and then turn in our work. And I just didn't. I I spent so much time on the theorems that I did not work on the traditional geometry problems at all. I didn't touch one of them. And one of them made its way to that second midterm. And I was nailing all the theorems. I had been practicing them. I had learned them. I had mastered them. And on the last question of that test was one of those geometry questions. And I looked at it and my shoulder slumped. And I thought... I'm sunk. That's it. I'm right back where I started. I'm back to a B. I'm going to get this one wrong because there were only five questions on the test. I'm going to get four out of five here. This sucks. And then something happened in me. I started writing. I started doing stuff. I look, I, I kept the test. I still have it. And I look at it and I wonder, how did I know what to do on this question. I still look at it and I wonder, wait a minute, how how did I figure that one out? <laughs> I don't know where it came from. But what I attribute it to is I was working at such a high level. I had engaged myself for months. You could have thrown anything at me in, in related to geometry, whatever, related to that class, and I was going to get it. I... I was doing, I was thinking. I spent months thinking. And 
I think that when you get to a certain point and you're just so used to thinking, give me another point, give me a point, give me a problem I haven't seen before, I'm going to think my way through this. And that's what happened on this test. So I personally, through that experience, and I've been trying to encapsulate that experience in my classroom for over 20 years, and I wasn't sure how to do it. And I, and I, I really, there were years where I really just gave up on it because I, I thought that you had to want it so bad inside of you that that's the only way you're going to get it. And if someone doesn't want it as bad as I wanted it, they weren't going to get there. And students come in with all kinds of stuff and they're just not willing. I just thought they're just not willing to put in the work that I had to do to get there. But now with this book, I see that there are ways that I could set up the class that will enable them to get to that point. I believe in it. There are 14 practices that I have not done. And all four of them can get them to where I was as a student when I was taking that second midterm. And they could be functioning at that level. And that's what I'm excited about. By the time I get to January, shoot, hopefully when I get to November, they're already starting to do this, you know, maybe even sooner. I don't know. But once they are able to think, I can throw anything at them and they're going to either get it or they're going to come darn close to getting it. And, and, and that's where I want my students to be. I, uh, that's why I'm excited for this. I'm able to, I, I, I can see a path to giving my students something that I got that I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life. And I don't know if I was meant to fail all these times to get to this point and to value and treasure this moment. But, uh, I don't know. I, there are parts of me that wishes I, I could go back at least 10 years and have done this this style for the last 10 years but i'm here now i'm ready and i have a colleague too a fellow math teacher at my school has the same book and got it this summer independent of anything that i've been looking up and she's reading it too and i'm hoping that she and i can talk and share and make this practice something we do at our school because i think that it's a key i think it is the key to Breaking free of the troubles that math class always has. It lags. It lags behind all the other subjects. And it's just different. You know, English, they get the help of every subject. Every subject teaches literacy. But no class teaches math but math class. So if you're a math teacher, if you are Dr. Ligital, Anybody, are you parent, are you student? Does anything that I said here for the last 19 plus minutes resonate with you? Is there anything you want to contribute? I want to bring you on. Let's talk, let's share. Have you done this? Have you done the building thinking classroom stuff? How did you test? I mean, that that was a big thing for me. How do you test with this kind of stuff? And there's a path for this. I plan on sharing my journey on this podcast. I'll put links in the description to the book. I'll put links in the description to tasks and resources because I've been diving deep. I've been looking at tasks and 
non they talk about non curriculum tasks and I'm thinking what is that? Why would I do that? But I'm seeing why. You're getting them to think. You have to get them to think. Think. And if they do, then when you give them the content of the class, they will get it. They will be there. They will be engaged and they'll be ready. Oh, this is an exciting time. And uh, I'm excited to see what the results bring. I know that there's going to be tough days, but I know there's going to be days that's just going to be magic. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. All right. So my, uh, my, um, my email, my contact information, I'll put in the description. Let's do this. Let's, uh, let, let's share. Because, you know, me talking and sharing, okay, that'll be one thing. But uh, bringing the community out together, that's, that's where the magic really happens there. And that's where the word spreads. So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, my plan is to publish one podcast a day. So hopefully, hopefully I can do that. All right. Bye-bye.